All right, so um, just kind of getting on the, the same page. I know it's kind of a little bit confusing how I've got this set up, but we find that one hour is just kind of a short amount of time to talk about all three talks. So um, we have one focus talk assigned for tonight, which is the let us all press on. Uh, next week, group C will be focusing on um, the talk sisters preparation in our participation in the gathering of Israel. Um, we're going to start out there, but we can definitely branch off to the other talks as well. So, you know, let us all press on for this week. It is pretty short, so we might get to uh, discuss the other ones. But we found in group A and B, these little motor mouths like to talk, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, it, it was so fun in all of the different ones. So fun. Yeah, what what new insights and and uh, kind of rear view mirror moments did you have as you were uh, listening to this talk? Let us all press on. What kind of things stood out to you that uh, maybe didn't stand out to you at the time, but with retrospect you have new insights on? Or anyway, just kind of open it up. General discussion on uh, that that fun talk. Hey, what page are you on in your small book that you printed? Uh -huh, yeah, I'm on page 21. So it's chapter seven. Chairman, one thing that struck me was that it's um, section like verse four. It said, um, many good people will respond to the truth taught in this conference. Yeah, well, it is, but it's, you can't. When offered in love. And isn't that key that we're doing it in love yeah uh, that that's the language that people listen to yeah i love that yeah i actually had um that same thing marked too uh, um look for ways to incorporate these meshes messages into your film evenings gospel teachings conversations with others discussions with those of not of our faith Many good people will respond to the truth taught in this conference when offered in love. Um, I've been walking with um, with a, a girl, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I like, was Usually say sister, but she's not. She's not LDS, but um, we've actually had quite a connection and the last couple of times that we've walked she has just had question after question after question after question about the church and it's so funny because many of the questions that she had that we talked about were answered in one of the talks that <laughs> yeah that we studied this last week i think it was the revelation yeah it was the revelation one revelation for the church revelation for our lives she she had a lot of questions about how do you know whether something is true or not because her you know her pastor has been saying a lot of weird things that she's not sure you know and we talked about personal revelation and prayer and we and she had a lot of questions about how the church is set up you know and how they choose a new prophet and that's also talked about in there so i actually after reading that i thought i should just send that talk to her and let her yeah. let her read it for herself 
you know um and i that just jumped out at me many good people will respond to the truths taught in this conference when offered in love and uh you know it's really true there's there's a a lot of wonderful truths in there that many people would appreciate you know people that are not lds that are there's so many good spiritual people i'm you know moving out of utah has been such <laughs> an awesome experience you know just meeting so many wonderful people that are that are that love the lord and you know are not lds it's it's been wonderful i've loved it mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing i love that I, I love that there's kind of like second witnesses to um, our our timing here and, and schedule, you know, like <laughs> these talks actually like helped you in that. Like it was just uh, on the tip of your tongue. So you're able to kind of share those things and stuff that I just love those kind of insights and the timing of the Lord is, is perfect, right? Absolutely. I really like that next part. It's just the very same part that says, and your desire to obey will be enhanced as you remember and reflect upon what you have felt these last two days. Mm -hmm. And like, um, well, I've been a member my whole life and I've never found it super hard to have the desire to obey. But then when I look back the last two years, how that has super been enhanced, like, mm -hmm just constantly making sure that like I'm in alignment and and um wanting to be obedient so I that really stuck out to me the desire to obey I really like that mm -hmm. I love that yeah it's interesting how sometimes just all we need is time to to like have some of the blessings kind of marinate and then when we look back and we're like oh, I, I've got that now, or uh, I, I've seen a, a major increase in that. Um, you just kind of implement it, and it's just kind of like this seed, and it just sprouts and grows. Yeah, and when you really look back, you say, oh, wow, like, I'm really proud of myself, like, in a, mm -hmm. in a, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I was with, uh, I tell this all the time, but, like, the spirit of discernment and reading Bednar's talk, uh, Quick to Observe, and the recipe there and I read it, read it, read it, studied it, tried to implement it. And then I just came back to it. I don't know, a few months later. And I was like, Oh, Whoa, like this is, is it, it blossomed and it. it was, it was awesome. And I had gained that, that spiritual gift, but, um, it was some diligent effort and then just kind of letting it sit and, and grow kind of a thing. It was, very exactly and then I feel like there's been so many times when I felt like so kind of lonely too trying to figure this all out and figure out what how I really like what revelation I'm really receiving and making sure well be, because I'm a hairdresser I hear all kinds of stuff and then I have some customers that kind of guilt they try to kind of guilt me yeah. and then I'm just like no no I'm not being going to be guilted this is what I heard like that's what I say in my own brain Mm -hmm. and to to like trust my own my own instincts and my own revelation just trust me you know what i feel yeah. which has been a huge growth yeah i love that so i always think of um dnc4 when i hear the word desire yeah. if you have the desire you call to the work right yeah 
and then the next one I really like the next uh, number um, part of it that where he says the Lord has made important adjustment and I'm thinking oh my goodness you know read between the lines there <laughs> right and it's and it's amazing because this is just one of the incredible adjustments that he made at this conference right he's talking about you know <clears throat> making the adjustments for the brothers and the sisters here but you know he also made the other adjustment with the with the elders quorum right mm -hmm. and and then down below it says and you will serve another in a new holier way and i'm thinking yep we're keeping up with satan aren't we mm -hmm. <laughs> yep Right. And Stefan also, it says, and the young, like, because the bishop's prime thing is with the, with the youth. So that goes right with it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great comment. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Sometimes kind of in the whirlwind of, of president Nelson, I kind of forget some of the timing. And so it was really interesting to come back to here. Uh, the very first thing out of his mouth in this conference um, was the the changes to the quorums and then his uh, priesthood talk there and then the next day is when the ministering starts coming along but uh, he gave the ministering talk the ministering with the power and authority of God the night before before he announced the ministering changes and anyway it was just interesting to kind of put the the little mini timeline here of what happened in that general conference and experiencing it again but the first thing as uh, his first general conference address, I guess, is about change. And he changes elders quorum. And, I, you know, kind of reflecting back at that moment going, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's pretty new for a new prophet. You know, just going in with gusto, changing some stuff. Little did we know what the, the future held in store and all of the many different things that we'd need to revamp and set some things aside and, and uh, grasp some new ones. Anyway, it was just... Kind of fun to uh, revisit all of those things but um i love like this just short and sweet uh let us all press on talk i mean there's just so much packed in here did anybody re-listen to it um instead of just uh read it i found it so interesting there in verse seven when he's announcing the new temples and the audience's reactions because we're just kind of you know conditioned against it now or whatever i'm just like what am i listening to <laughs> me and my mom were both like kind of appalled it was like listening to a sporting event oohs and ahs and shouting and and whistling and <laughs> stuff and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah. and and Leighton drew the loudest cheers i think Yep. Yeah. There was like the, the big ooh crescendo, and then the they got laughing at the big ooh that they just did, and then they started laughing at themselves doing that. And uh, anyway, I can totally see why. Then later on, we go, okay, let's let's be a little. <laughs> but I, it was so off-putting as soon as that went there or whatever. I was just like, yikes! It kind of chased off the spirit a little bit, you know. But I didn't necessarily realize it at the time. I mean, we were just kind of going along doing our normal Utah thing, right? And anyway. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure it's just a Utah thing. I remember when they announced the Alaska Temple 
Yeah. But I had a lot of friends up in Alaska, and that place broke out into shouts and yells when that happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So verse 7 is pretty amazing, the opening sentence. Eventual exaltation requires our complete fidelity, the covenants we make in the, and the ordinances we receive in the house of the Lord, right? Yeah. That spells it out pretty plain, doesn't it? <laughs> yep, exactly. And, you know, kind of all of his messages, this general conference, we're talking about we are living way beneath uh, his concern we're, that we live in belief our privileges and um, uh, to anyone uh, paying attention that uh, Christ and, and God are giving away the secrets of the universe kind of a thing. And then, and then that crowning one there that you mentioned, eventual exaltation requires our complete fidelity now to covenants we make and ordinances we receive in the house of the Lord. And, and during this session, he mentioned second coming twice. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. How many of your friends and associates have uh, said in passing that, oh, they just don't really talk about second coming that much, you know, even in President Nelson years. And I'm just like, have you read the talks? <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally all throughout it. But, you know, whatever. I guess those that, that want to see it. Hey, Cameron. Mm -hmm. um, I really thought... Um, verse six. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first time I, I, I'm not. I he probably had said it before, but I think it was the first time that the way he said that. Um, it says, "We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil to come unto their Savior, receive the blessings of the Holy Temple, and have enduring joy and qualify for eternal life." The both sides of the veil. The way he says it, it, I remember him saying this because was he just, is he inviting angels to listen and come and like, like be a part of the conference? Like it feels like, of course, in a righteous way, like summoning angels to come listen and hear him testify and then. Did you guys get that, or do you mm -hmm. do you yeah. feel like that's what it is? You should have been yeah. in Avraham's Q and A last night too. <laughs> Dang it! I missed it. I had something else. I I have a, my own Zoom group I that I do on Tuesdays, so there's no way I could go. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm so sad. I missed it because I wanted to. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, sorry to detract. Yeah, I I totally felt like he was talking. Like there was unseen people there that he was talking to all of us those that were there physically and those that were there spiritually you know to come to come unto christ i i totally got that from that that was that was really cool <laughs> and i had never i know that was the first time i'd ever heard that because my ears went beep, 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 like they just perked right up i'm like he's talking to angels and i I think that's so amazing the way that's phrased. And then I looked it up and it doesn't, I looked up to see if anyone else says it. And it's not really said again, like that in the, that I could find. Um, in it, chapter one, um, when they're announcing the, uh, his first announcement that he's prophet there in the Salt Lake temple, uh, they yeah. use that, that phrase. Um, so anyway, if you'll go back to, to chapter one, you'll, you'll see it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. But was that the same conference? No. I, you know, so that was back in when January, February, something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, January 16th. And then okay. here's the April conference later that they reiterate that and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty powerful. So my question is, is that limited to the prophet? Because we, we have a couple instances where apostles do it later on as well. Do we have the ability to call upon the same angels and minister on both sides of the veil? Because like, like let's read verse six. In oh, that's part of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So our message to the world, the world being mortals and uh, spirit world, right, is simple and sincere. We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil to come unto their Savior, receive the blessings of the Holy Temple, have enduring joy, and qualify for eternal life. And so, very powerful. Um, Super powerful. Yeah. And, well, think about Think about what he just said, our message to the world. And then he says, we invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil. That's pretty interesting when you really start to dig deeper with that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, and I looked at the word invite and I looked it up and it says to ask for the presence to request formally or welcome and or encourage. That's that's the definitions that just I looked up. Mm -hmm. So like he literally is like he's requesting it like formally. Like we it says sincere, simple and sincere. Our message to the world is simple and sincere. We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil. Like it's pretty formal. Mm -hmm. and, and when the prophet says invite. He never says, I want you to do this. He yeah. always says, I invite you to do this. Yeah. Oh, think of it that way too. Which yeah, is sure. our agency. Yep. So who is he referring to when he says our and we? Is that um, the first presidency? Is that the quorum of the 12? Is that the church as a whole? Like who, whose message is this? Like it's, we invite, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love verse six. I mean, I just keep dissecting it in all different ways all the time, just looking at each word and, and looking all. at the importance of that. Our message to the world is simple and sincere. You know, like that, that really is the message of missionaries. It's the message of members. It's the message of everyone. And we invite all of God's children. It's important that we internalize it and that we actually speak these words to others as uh, called upon to do so, you know, to receive. Isn't that really about gathering? Yeah. And who, who's doing the gathering, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Cameron, can, will you bring in, if you're <laughs> with it, the part um, that Abraham talked about last night about uh, a family count well i don't know if he said family council but you know i'm um, part i'm talking about mm -hmm. gathering so um with uh the isaiah decoded isaiah institute groups they they have book clubs and um me and my mom are moderators i, I probably told you all about it anyway he hosts a, a quarterly q a session and that's what we're referring to um that was last night 
but the, they don't like us to share the links except for those that are actually participating in those book clubs. So it's not like I don't want to send the link to, to everyone, but anyway, uh, beside the point. So um, people were asking him kind of about this principle and, and things, and um, he said, yeah, it's, it's natural and normal to um, have the power to um, see and sense and feel those who have departed and uh, actually call them into council. So, um, uh, you know, at, through the priesthood, we have uh, the, the powers, you know, that comes in even with deacons, right? The ministering of angels. And um, anyway, that all members of the church, we can call upon our ancestors or the departed and help them through their their struggles and invite them to do just this. Invite all of God's children to come unto their Savior, receive the blessings of the Holy Temple, and have enduring joy, qualify for eternal life. So a couple examples that he pointed out was that, um, and I'm going to like butcher all the, the references and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he was over in, in Israel. Um, I believe he was uh, standing over the Kidron Valley, you know, the Valley of the Bones and stuff. And um, anyway, he was just, he, he went into like this vision space and, and seen all of these people just waiting and uh, stopped in their progression. And uh, he started speaking with them saying, why are you still here? Like, it's time to move on. Like, go to the light, accept the, the messengers that are sent you, like, move on and stuff. And, and he felt them uh, start uh, beginning to be taught and uh, going toward the light kind of a thing. And that same principle in his own family, uh, you know, that we have the power to to converse with our ancestors, call them into audience and invite them in and say, hey, it's time, like, accept the gospel, uh, you know, here's what the gospel message is, and I invite you to come unto the Savior, accept the, the messengers that are teaching you on the other side of the veil, like, that we can have the power to testify on both sides of the veil, and how important that principle was for him, and um, he... Anyway, he was mentioning how that's happening all throughout the book of Isaiah and uh, what a, a powerful impact that is on the son's servant level of the ladder. That was the, the gist of that part of the, the conversation last night. Mm. So good. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Mom and I have, have experienced that many times and stuff, and so it was interesting to, to hear him say it and talk about it so openly. It's a very true principle. And, and I think that uh, we have very much uh, prophetic precedence uh, here with President Nelson. He, he mentions it often in both public and private uh, scenarios and, and talks and stuff. So anyway, it's very interesting how Cameron, powerful that is. I've said this before somewhere. <laughs> I hope I'm not just repeating it here, but uh, when you're at uh, Education Week, and I was in the Marriott Center and it, uh, just for an individual class. So it was probably a quarter to a third full of people. And he said that if, if you could see all that were here from the other side, there's more than uh, us here. I mean, more. there's more of them than there are of us here in mortality. <laughs> Did it? I say that right there. Well, no, you were just quoting Elisha there. So, oh, know. oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, (laughs) they're coming back. He said they, they come back to learn. They're still in the learning process. Maybe over on their side, they're too busy to learn stuff. I don't know. But anyway, they come back here to learn. And so they attend uh, Education Week. But um, he said also in our sacrament meetings and stuff, there'll be others there that are learning. General conference. I mean, I think we just block ourselves so much from realizing the full... Uh, full scope of what this world entails and and how the veil works and and all that right Mm -hmm. they're not very far away i mean we share this earth i mean they're right here Um, anyway and so i think that was oh sorry no go ahead it's just kind of interesting that uh i know that this question popped up for a lot of people after this conference was is he the prophet of the spirit world too? Like, or is he just of the living or like, what does that mean? Because I mean, he's talking about inviting both sides of uh, the veil here and stuff. And so I don't know, that was an interesting uh, kind of a flashback. I had forgotten about that principle or that concept or that question until I was reading this again and like, huh, I wonder if any of the stuff that we've learned has now kind of helped explain an answer to that. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I was just going to comment about the um, those on the other side learning from us. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Have I told you guys the story about Mrs. Buffington? I don't think. I've no. Heard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when my, I'll just make it short because there's a lot to it. But I'll just make it short as possible. But we moved into a home in Boise when I was 14, and my parents had heard. Um, that one of the from the previous owners that um, someone missed that the wife or the mother they weren't sure which had died in the home anyway and my mom knew immediately that Mrs. Buffington was still there and she became just kind of a part of our family like if something went missing we would blame it on Mrs. Buffington and (laughs) um, you know we would just have a my, my sibling a couple of my siblings actually saw her and my mom had a friend that saw her one day and um, and then my husband and I bought the home for my parents in 2000 when, when raised our kids there and Mrs. Bovington was just you know we just it was just kind of a topic of conversation occasionally well in February 20 I think it was 2019 my, she appeared to Mrs. Buffington appeared to my husband one night and we were actually preparing to move out of the home after we'd lived there for 19 years and we were preparing, preparing to move and he <clears throat> saw her and he knew that she wanted to get baptized and through a series of very miraculous events we figured out we found out her name and got her information and got permission from her son and I was baptized and and confirmed and then I did her initiatory endowment but um what is what is so amazing about the story is that we realized that she stayed in that home and learned the gospel as my parents taught it to us and then we taught it to my boys and my we feel like she knew we were moving and she was like 
no, I need to get baptized. You, you have to baptize me before you move. Like my husband just felt so much pressure from her to get baptized before we moved out of that home because she was like, I don't know who's going to be here. Because, I don't know. And it was just the most incredible experience and uh and to to realize what a little bit about how it works that she had the opportunity to learn the gospel and and she knew that she wanted to be baptized so Mm -hmm. yeah that's so interesting and i think we can kind of see um because everything that's true satan counterfeits right and that's what we see portrayed and and perpetuated throughout media and, and all of the stuff right and so we start kind of putting up our blinders and thinking, oh, well, this stuff isn't real. But then you hear experiences like that. I, I've heard that multiple times from, from different people where previous owners of the house and um, I, I've never heard it in quite that way. I think that that's so cool that she learned the gospel through the multi-generational teaching that happened in the home. Like, that just kind of washed over me and stuff. Like, so cool. How <laughs> it was very cool. That works. Mm-hmm. So can I ask something? Um, I had a similar situation, but it was with my fa- my husband's father that I I we bought my my husband's childhood home. Does that make? Sense? I think that makes sense. Anyway, I always felt his dad's presence. I never saw him, but I always felt like somebody was there all the time. I could feel like I would turn my head to look all the time, mm-hmm. and. I told that to my husband, he got really mad and said, why would he be here? Why would he, why would he waste his time here? He's, you know, he, he's on the other side doing other missionary work. And I never did really understand why he would be there. Like, why was he there? It's a great question. I, I mean, mean, I have my thoughts. Do, can they watch over the family and bless them as a spirit? Like, I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I, it, it didn't go away. Like the whole time I was there, he was there. And but mm-hmm. nobody else believed me. They all thought I was crazy. Crazy Kathy. <laughs> but I'm pretty used to that by now. <laughs> that was the beginning of the crazy. <laughs> but I just wondered, like, can they bless us as spirits? Or like like mine's a little bit different than Roseanne's just because it's a relative and stuff. But I always thought that when they passed on, they were doing missionary work on the other side. But I don't know. It's just been, I mean, nobody convinced, can convince me it wasn't him, but I just wonder why, like, is he just watching over or just wants to be a part of the family or like, I don't know. I just, does anybody have any insight? Yeah. I think that we are all going to be surprised. I think I've said this before that once we died to know how involved we have been watched over by angels in this life. Sometimes we understand it, but I think the majority of the time we don't. There's no question in my life that angels have watched over me and protected me. I just know that for a fact. And, right. and, and I know that, you know, you hear stories of the brethren or conference and that, and there's angels up there and some of them look up and see them and some of them don't look up and don't see them. I, I think these angels... Yeah, I I think there's angels watching over us all the time. I think that you are so correct. I work at the temple, 
And I can tell you that they are there daily, every day, watching everything we do. And mm. uh, they help you when you need it. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> I think that that's part of the huge thing. Like sometimes we just don't believe enough to even ask, but it's really all it takes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about my mother who is not a member, never was a member, kind of threw me out of the house when I became a member. Um, well, not kind of, did. And uh, before I went on my mission, but she came to live with me the last eight or nine months of her life. And um, it was really, really a good experience. She finally kind of, you know, shared life and all the heartaches that she went through and how, you know, tough her dad was and that sort of thing. But I remember distinctly her sitting up in bed two or three, I don't know, maybe two or three days before she passed away. And with her arms outstretched, naming off people in her life as though they were literally in the room coming to come and get her. And yeah. I rem remember that hospice told me, you have to go in and tell her that it's okay for her to pa pass on to the other side. And as soon as I did that, within 24 hours, she went. But you cannot tell me that there are not angels out there, that the other side doesn't communicate with us. I've actually seen it happen. Right. So, yeah, like in your case, I these are my own personal opinions. Like, I don't really have lots of stories or anything to back it up and everything. But to me, it seems like a natural process of the, the church on the other side of the veil where... Uh, they have callings and assignments and uh, things like that, right? You know, some of them are called to protect us. Some of them are called to, to warn us. Some of them have a calling to give us dreams. Like, I think that they're ministering in, in vast and numerous ways in our, our lives. But um, uh, they might switch in. I mean, their calling might change here and there. Um, but one thing that was really interesting as we went through Isaiah's Ladder... And, and studying that where wherever we're at on the ladder we're ministering down to lift someone up and also someone above us is ministering down to us to lift us up and that doesn't have to be only on this side of the veil that oh. there's, there's ministering angels that are i mean that's what they're doing ministering and that's the the whole ladder to heaven oh. is a ministering model and stuff and so i wouldn't be surprised that um uh, you know because yeah people who have accepted their covenants on this side of the veil, like what are they doing sticking around and haunting us versus their ministering. And uh, they might be oh, I see. whispering truths in our ear or, or helping us with family history work or just plainly protecting us and shielding us from evil or unclean spirits or like whatever their mission is. They're, they're very much active in our lives. I, you know, the Cokeville miracle, that's a common, yeah, one, yeah. Right? you know, where right. it was their ancestors that were called to come and help protect them at oh. that time kind of thing. Yeah. Thank anyway, you for uh, saying that, that actually, I think you're right because, but the weird thing is that I was, I wasn't actually his blood, but I'm the one yeah. that felt him and felt his help. But I'm married to his son, so I mean that's that's probably the closest he could do to help his son was to help me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and his son wasn't aware of it because none of them felt that. Like they all thought I was crazy, but I even saw lights change. Like it was real. Like <laughs> he was there. 
and yep. no one was going to tell me he wasn't there but anyway like thank you i think that really helped me it doesn't this give you a new appreciation for the word ministering yeah and that this prophet is the one that changed that whole thing i mean that kind of sends chills up my body when you think of that right mm -hmm. yeah for yep. sure. i have another perspective for that yeah for sure um i had a really sacred experience last week i'm um not gonna share very much about it except to say that i learned that i am a key person in the healing of one of my family lines and that those ancestors are very close to me because they they want they know that i can help heal my line and so that's another thing that another reason why they might be close. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, that was something that I just experienced about a week ago. Uh, it was very amazing. Yeah, I thank I, you. In all of my little groups and circles and different things or whatever, that's just a common thing that's really popping up and like our ancestors are needing our help in, in lots of different ways like that. I, I love it. But thank you so much. So I am going to pray about that Roseanne, because I think that that could be the case. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, they, I will tell you that my ancestors that need this healing, they're trying, they're trying to find out what I know. Mm -hmm. They want to know what I know. <laughs> Do you have to say um, it out loud for them to know what you know? I, I think so. Um, I think so. I don't think they can read our thoughts. I, I don't think they can do that. Um, so, but, but it just barely, this just barely became, I just barely became awareness for me. So I'm still trying to understand it and exactly what it means for me. So, but I think I have to say, I have to, I have to say something. <laughs> so I think that's, I have to have a message and I, anyway, so. So Rossanne's just going to be over talking to herself all the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> She's sharing her and, and sharing, by herself in the bathroom. Sharing a message. <laughs> She's preaching to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but. I'm excited yeah. for your journey. <laughs> something like fun. that, maybe. <laughs> You're going to have to yeah. share a sermon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. With I'll share Leslie. what I can. <laughs> <laughs> yep, let's go with Leslie and then Becky. Okay, I have two things. Um, Becky, are you going to talk about Lizzie or something else? No, I was going to talk about your husband. Okay. All right, so I'm going to share a little thing about Lizzie, who is Becky's child number five and I think I've shared it before but oh well and then the other thing is in response to Rossanne you're and Kathy you were talking about can they read your thoughts and I won't go into it but yesterday I took my mom who was um just endowed last week I took her to the temple yesterday um because she didn't want to have anything to do with 
um, marriage and was she's been passed away for three years though oh yeah sorry yeah so that's an important part <laughs> um anyway I was testifying to her throughout the I was there for uh, like seven and a half hours and I went, went and did initiatories and ceilings and an endowment and I can't see any of your faces. I don't know what you guys are all thinking, but um, so when I'm talking to her, it was spirit to spirit and she could understand me. But when I went, and this is just my experience, so I don't know what to, what it's like for everybody else. But when I was praying to Heavenly Father and talking with him, she could not, she did not know what, she wasn't privy to that conversation. So I, I'm guessing if our intent is to communicate with them spirit to spirit, then that occurs. And otherwise, probably no. Um, That's good to know. That is good. Um, so the other thing is about, and correct me, Becky, if I get it wrong, um, about a year before she had Lizzie, um, our, my, my youngest child, she was on a mission and she wrote home and she said, mom, one of our relatives keeps helping me. And I don't know who it is. Do you know who it is? And I was having the same experiences on my end. She was coming and helping me and I did, I couldn't identify who it was. And this was before Becky, was it before you were even pregnant? I can't remember. Oh, I was pregnant at the time. Okay. So it was less than a year and I was super curious. And, and so this helper was in the car with me one day and I was driving to the grocery store and I pulled into the parking lot and I said, what should I call you? Because I don't know who you are. <laughs> he just giggled. He said, call me grandma Lizzie. I'm like, what do you mean? Call me grandma Lizzie. I didn't quite understand that, but she thought that was really funny. And so that's what we call. I told my daughter and that's what we started calling her. And she helped with all sorts of things. And she just had this, she had curly brown hair and she had this just little laugh and she was adorable and upbeat and spry and fast and just, just darling. So then um, when it, I don't know how, anyway, lots of stuff happened and grandma Lizzie helped all the time and Becky, you want to finish up? Well, we, I did not know this was grandma Lizzie helping. Leslie told me that someone had been helping and we were, we had a list of names and hadn't told the family that we had chosen Elizabeth as her name and we were going to call her Lizzie. And um, after she was born, she stopped coming around to all the family. And I remember, you know, holding this little newborn and looking at her. And I, I asked her when my husband wasn't in the room, I said, are you Grandma Lizzie? And the spirit just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, my baby's been hopping around and helping the family. She came and helped clean the house one time. Mm -hmm. um, I that was, was so sick. <laughs> yeah pretty incredible. Wow. So, so it can be 
pre-earth pre spirits, post-earth. It can be all, all kinds of things I'm, we're learning. Thank you. Well, um, mine, I was going to let you know that sometimes uh, for me, okay, so Leslie's my mother-in-law and her husband passed away five years ago, about five years ago. And sometimes I think those on the other side come back to help us to help um, mend things maybe they did that offended us. We had um, something pop up shortly after Raymond passed away and I was really caught off guard and I thought, oh my goodness, I could be so upset and angry because of this. And I just said, I knelt down with my sister-in-laws and we said a prayer together to try to help me calm down. Cause I was not happy with him. <laughs> I was so mad and it wasn't anything bad. It was just something I didn't know about. And I was not happy. And, um, before I could even stand up, I could hear him apologizing and my actions of having an angry heart to him toward him could hold him back in the spirit world from being able to get what he needed done, done. So sometimes um, I think that can be why people come to, why spirits come to visit us. So anyways, that's my story. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Stefan, or Stephen, sorry. <laughs> it gets confusing when there's two of you in the same group. Yes, I, um, my father passed away in uh, November of 2000, or I'm sorry, 1999. And uh, Terry and I are the only ones, we joined the church and there wasn't anybody that we knew in the family that was part of the church. And so they were non-members and about six years after he passed away, and he started bugging me to do his work. I mean, it was absolutely no doubt in my mind that it was him telling me. And so apparently, I'm guessing from that that he accepted the membership in the church. So uh, anyway, we, we did the work and he hasn't spoken to me since. <laughs> Sometimes that's all they need. <laughs> Uh -huh. I love it. Yeah. I, there's so many fun experiences. Something that keeps coming to mind is President Nelson's Roots Tech video um, from 2017. So it's prior to this volume of, of the Book of Nelson. But um, anyway, he talks about his um, grandfather's visit from the other side and how uh, amazing that was for him and, and transformative and everything. I, there's just so much that um, that we don't know, but we're getting to know it. Like the heavens are starting to, to open. And I think it's all uh, kind of due to us rending the veil of unbelief. Like once you start knowing what your possibilities and your privileges are in the gospel, then you can start acting on, on things and uh, uh, calling, calling upon heaven for, for help. And, and it's all through the, the power and atonement of Jesus Christ that, that makes all things possible. But we are in this great work of 
proclaiming the gospel, redeeming the dead, and, and it's on both sides of the veil. I think that that's such a huge moment for us to wake up in this first um, general conference in 2018 uh, with that knowledge uh, always in, in our minds uh, moving forward and stuff. I, I think it's just so powerful. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I just... There's so many witnesses to President Nelson being called and from the... <laughs> I've almost said four corners of the earth, um, from the foundations of the earth, uh, to, to be the prophet at this time, uh, to heal hearts. And so I think that that was one of my big, uh, testimony moments this week again was, uh, you know how with the Book of Mormon, you know, yeah, you can do Moroni's promise once, but yeah, it's not limited to once. You can get multiple witnesses throughout your life and everything. And this was just another good solid witness that that i know that president nelson is uh the prophet meant for this time and so uh you know what have you all of the turmoil and uh winnowing that that's happening in the church right now and stuff it, it's important to come back to uh the good solid testimonies and witnesses that we have of uh of leadership of stewardship and and our place in in all of it and i think tonight has just been such a a fun testimony of that. I mean, <laughs> this is such a short talk, and I was like, huh, I wonder if, if Group C will be able to, um, <laughs> I don't know, spend a whole hour on, on just uh, Chapter 7 here, but uh, <laughs> y'all did well. He made me proud. <laughs> you didn't think we could do it without Alethea, did you? <laughs> <laughs> My babies are growing up. <laughs> yeah. The truth comes out. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, just that one verse took us in, in lots of great directions. Eh? Those were really cool things to hear about. I appreciate you guys sharing those. Is there any question to any of us that President Nelson is the prophet. I mean, I've never seen, I mean, granted, I'm a convert and I've, you know, but I've been in for a while now. I'm getting old. And um, I've never seen a prophet come out of the gates with both guns right. slinging, right? Firing. Right. I mean, he's firing on all chambers, right? Yeah. And, and it's, and now as you look back and study this, oh my goodness, uh, there's no question that he's a prophet mm -hmm. and that he talks to God. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems a lot more plainly said with him than any other prophet, but I, you know, I could be wrong. I haven't studied him in as great detail, but like, holy cow. I, for those with eyes to see, I mean, he's literally saying stuff pretty plain. Uh, not not mincing any words and uh, you know I, I think Wendy is one of the great witnesses to all of that as well you know all of her words and testimony Whew. it's just amazing uh, in fact there's, sto there's stories of her of you know Sister Nelson talking at firesides here in Utah stating that she'll get the impression that she needs to leave, leave the bedroom mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's it's pretty incredible the stories that she talks about. And 
how she has been a witness to to these uh, incredible experiences that her husband has had. Yeah, it's been so fun. Like in their uh, in the previous chapter. Um, when he, to strengthen my proposal to Wendy, I said to her, I know about revelation and how to receive it. I mean, that, that couldn't be a more true thing said over the pulpit, right? Like, boom. Yep. You do. I love that part of that. Talk. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. But look at her response. Yeah. It's right. Right there with him. She had already gotten her witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. I mean, yes, we, we know and we, we talk in kind of circles about, uh, you know, that the prophets and the apostles see Christ and, and things. But I mean, no, it's just like, it's just here and it's it's just a, a fact of life and move on. And uh, with those that are, are reading into all of this, uh, that that invitation is extended to everyone, not just prophets and apostles and and here <laughs> i'm giving you footnotes i'm giving you my witness of of these things like will you please consider the the possibilities that that are available to you uh these talks are, are transformative if all if if we had no more scripture if um the book of mormon and and things were were taken away from us if we just had this simple conference talk or, or this set of conference talks right we have so much doctrine to, to pour over and study and uh, gain witnesses of here that are just so powerful i know i worded that really weird but anyway <laughs> i think you know what i mean <laughs> but um i i don't know i just i just love this conference it was so awesome and you know we haven't even talked about the the song let us all press on because it it was transformative really going through that um this this last week looking at all of the uh, the things that are referenced and alluded to um the the divine laws that are here but um i don't know i just kind of want to read through it really quick uh, let us all press on in the work of the lord so what is the work of the lord uh a few different ideas and stuff but moses 139 you know this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man that when life is o'er we may gain a reward in the fight for right let us wield a sword the mighty sword of truth and all of the implications there all of the cross studies and uh swords and spirit and all of that well you know what i think of i just got out of the temple today doing initiatories yeah and so that just jumps out at you right yeah for sure exactly and so like um the initiatory i have it kind of like written out here and then um the putting on the the armor of god you know all of those references throughout scripture uh shields and swords and and all of this because if we really look at it in the fight for right you know we we're actually at war we're at spiritual war for our lives for our our generations and everything like we we've got to start gearing up daily for this fight that that we are in and wielding that sort of of truth um and and so forth like in the initiatory like you're talking about right but fear not, though the enemy deride. Did anybody look up deride? <laughs> I didn't even know. I like to look at word um, origins and, and stuff like that. So 
deride is to ridicule and that rid uh, uh, and so I was like so if D like uh, decompose right like compose is to put together so if D is is the undoing of whatever the the root is what is ride or rid and stuff and so uh, anyway it was just an interesting kind of like word study there and, and things you can look it up and, and go down that road but but deride is to ridicule so how do we fear as the enemy is ridiculing us like what power do does Satan have over us that we we experience fear and not faith anyway I, it was just so introspectively game-changing for me those two lines right there and how courage for the Lord is on our side and uh, if we're charting it out chiastically and stuff like fear and courage and and all that it means that the Lord is doing the opposite of derision he is actually um, building us up and uh, speaking encouraging words and uh, not mocking us uh, just all of that 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 might entail there we will heed not what the wicked may say, but the Lord alone we will obey. And from Triumph of Zion, that was kind of like still ringing in my ears, you know, like, <laughs> who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to this voice? Are you going to listen to this voice? The Lord alone we will obey. Um, anyway, I just think that that is such a powerful talk. And if it's powerful to President Nelson, it should be powerful to us. And that that's what he left us with after the the change to elders quorums and the the new ministering principles and um the sorry what was it revelation for the church revelation for our lives and then this is what he leaves us with to keep us going in that uh that good path there i mean how many different blessings and exhortations and and stuff did he give us like uh verses eight and nine I mean, boom, those are some powerful blessings um, on, on the heels of, of that song. Like, I don't know. I, anyway, I'm just like, I'm so amazed. I'm so, <laughs> my mind is like going a million miles an hour going through all this stuff. Like, uh, anyway. So, um, I'm Cameron, at the bottom of that song, it says, but the Lord alone we will obey. Mm -hmm. And, um, Hold on one second. I got to find where I wrote this. Hold on. Um, in his talk, this is what I found on number eight. Um, you notice at the bottom of it, the end of number eight, it says, I bless you with increased faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a greater ability to follow him and his true disciples. He doesn't say follow me. He never says follow me. And he never, and it doesn't, and it says, you know, it says follow him, his true, and his true disciples. Um, and then on that song, it said, but the Lord alone. What do you think alone meant? Like, why alone? But the Lord, the low, sorry, the Lord alone we will obey. Awesome. With yeah. an eye single to his glory, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so, I, I thought that was really interesting. So yeah. let me give you another word for deride that hits me up. You know, as you, and this is kind of in the lesson this week for Come Follow Me. And the talks about, you know, what Satan always tries to introduce and what, you know, Heavenly Father always tries to introduce. 
And Satan always introduced, just like in the Garden of Eden, the very first thing he says to them is, look, you naked, go hide yourself, right? Put on, mm-hmm. you know, and what is he really doing? He's really shaming them, right? Trying to shame them. And, you know, I'm thinking of, though the enemy be right, though the enemy may, you know, ridicule you, well, ridicule is also like shaming, right? They yeah. try to shame us. And the Lord never does that. He always builds us. He always protects us, right? Yeah. It's ownership versus, you know, the other, right? And and that to me is really opens that up because when, I mean, you look at the tree of life, right? What are the people in the big building doing? Shaming everybody, pointing at them, right? Yeah. I mean, you can just go story after story in the scriptures on that. And our society, what does our society do today? Point fingers. Yeah, okay. we, we shame everybody. Yeah. Which is why, you know, the prophet says, get off of social media for a while and don't take all of your information from there and, and realize that, you know, that's not the Lord's pattern. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that. So good. Thank you. Love that. And I think that that's such a huge thing for us too, as we are learning Zion and how that works and stuff that we always got to be aware of that uh, Satan's counterfeit and how he can pop that up and, um, and identify it. Yeah. So that we can rid it of ourselves so that we're never shaming other people in any way, shape or form or helping our families on both sides of the veil do the same so that we're, we're building so that we can be on the Lord's side and, and not causing that, that derision that will cause people to fear. I think that's, that's huge. Thank you. That's excellent. Thank you, Cameron. So I was going to say, Kathy, with the, uh, so you found the, the Lord alone, we will obey. And then uh, at the end, follow him. So you follow, uh, you find two, bookends and you just found a chiasm <laughs> oh i did i'm yes, so proud of myself <laughs> i didn't know i was had that ability <laughs> yeah anytime that you find something that's toward the beginning and something that's toward the end and that is uh, a similar phrase or, or a similar concept there you just found part of, of the chiasm and now you just i am so excited I, i'm serious i'm so excited so find I did it, you guys. <laughs> good job, now Kathy. Now find other similar <laughs> patterns job. and principles. Hey, and I'm a slow good. learner, all right? So this is a big day for me. <laughs> hey, I haven't found one yet. You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> I got lucky, all right? I feel kind of bad. Um, so in group A and B, I found like really amazing chiasms and stuff and i haven't found or i haven't had time to to do that full-on study with let us all press on so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that tomorrow hopefully so what would you do next if you found that one and then the other one what would you do next Uh uh-huh yeah so i try to um so i read through the talk and anything that repeats itself in any way uh, so I pull it up into like a, a word processing, like Google Docs or something like that. And I bold anything that starts repeating itself anywhere. And then I start indenting 
um, anytime that there's um, uh, that matching phrases or whatever, I put them on the same indent. Sorry, I forget that I'm in the camera. Uh, put them on the same indent and then see where the, the pattern flows from. Uh, wow. That's a that's a hard one. But if you watch like my, my chiasm class or whatever on YouTube, um, oh, I'll watch that. It, it kind of goes through some of that, that process there. But anyway, you're on a good track. If you can, that's, if you're new to, to chiastic structures, finding something in the beginning that repeats itself in the end, that's the first step of, of looking for chiasmus. And then you just got to learn how to work backward. Sometimes that, that's a little bit of a harder process, but at least you got that much down where you, you find similar patterns at the beginning and at the end. So I forget who it was, but you were in the class with me, Cameron at uh, this last summer at uh, Education Week. Mm -hmm. And there's chiasmic structure, and then there's another structure that begins and ends with the same. And he didn't call that chiasmic structure because it didn't have the indent, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And the X in the middle. So I have to go back and take a look at that talk, but I thought that was pretty interesting. I forget what he called it, but um, so there's like, chiasms and parallelisms that I I mostly focus on those are kind of my jam but uh, there's that other one that he talks about and I forget what it is off the top of my head if I remember that is all I'll bring it back up but yeah yeah I have a good excuse I'm much older <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could use that excuse yeah because it slips through my mind all the time um but yeah, and I don't know why this is jumping out on the page at me right now. But verse 8, um, my dear brothers and sisters, construction of these temples may not change your life, but your time in the temple surely will. I mean, Leslie, is that true or is that true? <laughs> we were we were talking earlier today about the temple experience and stuff. Anyway, so I, I oh man, that those are some true principles right there that well, and it, it says time it doesn't say what you're doing in there and for me personally i can testify this is true because like in 2000 i think it was 17 i kept having a feeling i needed to work at the temple and i was like i don't even like the temple i don't want to work at the temple <laughs> and i really didn't i didn't like the temple i mean you can you can look at me like i'm a really bad person but i didn't like it um, I just would get a headache and I would sit there and be tired and grumpy and I didn't like it, but I kept having a feeling I need to work there. So I called my Bishop. I'm like, I don't even like the temple, but I feel like I'm supposed to work there. And I figured they'd just throw me in the kitchen, but I was like, well, all right, whatever you want me to do, I need blessings. So whatever, I'll work in the kitchen. Well, so they put me in just as a guide. So I just would welcome people as they walked in. And it totally changed me. Like, it totally softened me. I love the temple. Like, I loved it. It was just my time at the temple. It doesn't mean you have to be doing one thing or another. Mm -hmm. it's, it says time. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's crucial. And it changed. I swear it changed my... It helped everything in my... I did, not everything got better right away. Let me just tell you that, but... It totally changed my heart. And even my, my parents said, 
you are so different since you started working the temple. And I was like, really? <laughs> wow. Like it really did make a difference. So. We just need to sign young people up to be temple workers. I mean, that should just be the rite of passage, right? I mean, yes, you get home from your mission. Naughty, and then you all just... the naughty kids get to work at the temple. <laughs> yeah. And it just changes you. That's awesome, yeah. Kathy. Um, and the prophet didn't, was it his foundation talk where he said, if you don't like the temple, then go more. Right. Then you will love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think it's because I didn't live close to the temple. So it was always rushing down there. You know, you have kids at home. You get your, you know, I was always hungry and I get tired when I sat there and I just didn't find joy there. I didn't, I didn't get a lot. And I think a lot of people, probably not in this group, but a lot of normal people <laughs> would probably <laughs> understand how I felt. <laughs> Cause I would run in as fast as I could. So I'd hit the session on time. And then I'd sit down in the chapel and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. And then I'd get a headache because I forgot to eat. And like, I just was, it was miserable. And so when the Lord was telling me to, I was like, are you serious? Like of all things you want me to do, but what a blessing it was. And, and it was just amazing. And I, and now I, I just cannot wait to have a St. George temple again. Like it's just yeah. killing me. Where do you go now with the St. George Auto Commission? We have to either go to Cedar or Las Vegas, and it's a joke. You can't get into either of them. And yeah. It's a joke. Darn it. Oh, I'm actually thinking about going to Hawaii and going to there. So it might be. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Does anybody want to go with me? <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. I know. <laughs> oh, funny. Um... Anything else uh, that you want to uh, touch on? Yeah. on anything in just, just to comment on the temple. If you want to get into the Cedar City Temple, you can anytime as long as you go on at midnight and make your reservations. It happens all the time. And it's a little secret that not everybody knows, but the middle of the night is the time, time to the, make your reservations. Or... Like what midnight when? Any midnight. They so just set my everything. alarm at midnight. <laughs> they re they okay. reset everything at midnight and really yeah the computers the who am I talking to? I need to come give you a big hug. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I'm I'm Elaine Baldwin and I live in Panguitch and I work at the Cedar City Temple. Oh Elaine, I need to come hunt you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me your name and I'll watch for you. I'm Kathy Barton. Thank you. Okay. Try that. I'm going That's to so tonight. Awesome. I'm going to set my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to use your excuse, Kathy. So when the Viennese temple in Austria opens, I'm going to say that I have to go there because I can't get it anywhere else. There you go. <laughs> I still might go to Hawaii. I don't know. We'll see if they works yeah i love it they they really tell me that uh you can get into the um payson temple almost any time and the um jordan river temple almost any time i can vouch for that i uh, the problem with payson is you can but they only let you do two uh re reservations 
at a time. So, but you can. Pace is wide open most of the time. Yeah, yeah Idaho was pretty open. And then all of a sudden, it just started getting booked up. But, you know, you can still get in for, for the most part. Um, if you plan a couple days in advance, then, yeah. And especially that midnight principle where everything resets at midnight, then you can get wow. in. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some people, I hear some of the darndest struggles that, just trying to go to the temple. And I'm like, ah. I'm just glad I live out in the boonies. <laughs> ah. oh. Idaho's looking better and better. Yeah. yeah Idaho like is people, awesome. When I, oh, uh, I didn't make that rude. I like Idaho, really. I do. <laughs> yeah. I, really do. I just when... don't like snow. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was saying Idaho is awesome. You should you should come to Idaho. <laughs> I would for you guys. <laughs> Actually, when are we coming to Idaho, Cameron? I don't know. I'm still kind of in the middle of, of trying to figure that out and plan it and stuff. There's so many different people and schedules that it, it's really hard. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was going to be that hard scheduling. But um, anyway, trying to do like a, a retreat of, of sorts. Um, so obviously education week is, is going to be kind of like a, a big one each year that we can all go to if, if you want to um, and just kind of meet up and everything. But having one other kind of retreat each year where uh, we, we are all invited. But I don't know. Some people are, are uh, totally gung-ho for summer, but sometimes other people are like, nope, summers are out. So Can I tell you a hint? You just do what's best for you, and then everybody will show up. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to ever disappoint anybody. I'm a people person. I know, right? but the reality is you pick the best day for you, and then everybody will decide if they can do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But I, pick my I, week, though. Yeah, but pick my week. <laughs> <laughs> that that early March, or not early, but um, that early one, which is in March, was, was getting voted a, a lot on, but... Um, anyway, some people are like, just don't do March. Oh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm just kind of conflicted, but, um, if I'm just extending the invitation out, if you ever want to just do even like a smaller one or whatever, where, uh, we just get together as, as groups of friends, you know, always know that that's, you're always welcome at this house. I've got lots of bedrooms and we can do whatever. We can have long chats and <laughs> temple trips or whatever, um, but anyway, uh, as far as a, a full-on retreat, I'm still in the planning stages. We'll we'll see as we work through that. Sounds great. Yeah. So, what talk are we doing next week again? Oh yes, let me pull that back up. All right. So next week is all of the October 2018 conference talks. And group C is going to be focusing on sisters, whoops, sorry, sisters' participation in the gathering of Israel. All right. Thanks. That is what chapter in this book. So are any of you loving or hating this book of Nelson in chapter and verse format? Loving it. Love it. I haven't seen mine yet because I wasn't home when it got delivered. <laughs> Darn it. So chapter That's 12. 12? Great. I think it's so convenient just to be able to look and see where you're talking about. I love 
Uh-huh, yeah. Like, every time we're that. talking about, like, paragraphs, like, I don't know, like, the one, two, three, four, fifth paragraph or whatever. But here, oh. that was my process in it, was I never deviated from the original paragraphs. So all of the paragraphs are numbered, basically. And so uh, if somebody doesn't have this Book of Nelson, uh, you can just kind of count down how many paragraphs and and that's the verse that will be in here um, was sorry what was that brilliant thank you mm -hmm. yeah for so sure. brilliant. <laughs> yeah i finally I, I got everybody sent off i think i i mailed out the last one for kathy today with her and her friends but yeah if anybody, I, I still have a couple copies of the big one, and then I can print off the little one anytime. Um, anything else before we close out for the night? It's been a fun one. I, I can never plan where things go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that I, it was an amazing discussion. I, I loved every minute of it. I'm excited for each and every person's journeys and where things are headed. I love keeping up with y'all. It's just so fun. Um, anyway, so... I only have an hour and a half to stay up, so... <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful night. Yep. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> see you. Thank you. <laughs> yep. We will see everyone next week. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.